A couple days ago, I was transported to a different world, a world of magic and wonder, a world of excitement, flying and a glimpse into the future. The world I'm referring to is Shanghai Disneyland to celebrate my birthday this past week. So I got the opportunity to go with some friends and believe it or not, it was actually my first time in my life to ever go to a Disney park. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. The lines were very short and the company was good. So we got to ride the light cycles from Tron and soar over the horizons of some of the most iconic monuments and landscapes in the world, like Mount Everest, the Taj Mahal, pyramids, Eiffel Tower. Truly felt like you were right there flying over. It was incredible. But unfortunately, there's another world I've been transported to recently that is a whole lot less magical. And this is the world we actually find ourselves in right now, the middle of 2020 world. Now, an awful lot has happened in the last six months, and unfortunately, I do mean an awful lot. The start of 2020 literally seems like an entirely different world. In reality, it is. So I don't need to tell you how much has changed since then, as we've all lived through it. So what used to seem so simple, like planning your schedule for the week, now seems so up in the air, and it really feels like everything's up in the air. So wouldn't it be nice if we could just kind of put a pause button or even a rewind button to give everything a chance to go back to the way it was? While that would be incredible, as we all know, it's impossible. So what, we're going to, what are we going to do with the day or even the moment that we have right in front of us? How can we reset and refocus on what's important to us, even while we stay flexible with the inevitable kind of chaos that we have around us? So in this episode, I want to give you a brief glimpse into my brain and my thought process around what I'm doing to try to reset and prioritize to more accurately reflect what I feel is most important to me right now. And I hope this is beneficial for you and giving you some ideas of how you may be able to reset this summer. How does our definition of success shape how we live our daily lives? Join me, your host, Michael Bauman, as we create a life of success by exploring the cutting-edge research in happiness, motivation, psychology, philosophy, and more. Welcome to Thrive Culture Success Engineering. So I know I, for one, really need to reestablish what my priorities are right now and start working towards them again. Again, I'll tell you, they're different than what they were at the start of the year, and that's okay. So the world is different, my life is different, and I feel like it's important to adapt to the reality of the life that we have at this current moment, even though it may take some adjustment on our end. So this is kind of how I look look at it. I think of priorities in terms of kind of the approximate percentage of time and energy that they require, and that includes the mental energy or focus that we have to put towards them. So this is where we can see a disconnect between the things that we may say are of high value and then what we demonstrate with our daily actions or potentially our inaction in those areas. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to picture those six main areas of life. So to give you a kind of refresher on that, we have the physical or the health area, your financial or your job and career. Then we have your mental area. So where you put your focus, your attention, your emotional area, relational area, and then purpose and fulfillment. And so we want to picture these in terms of a pie chart, or if you prefer a bar graph, where basically 100% of it is taken up by one of these areas. So now if you increase the time and the energy that you spend in one area, another area has to be affected or even potentially decrease. 
And now obviously there's overlap between these categories, so it may not be a one-to-one exchange, but hopefully this will help you picture or quantify the effects of the changes that we want to start making. And you can even draw out an approximation of this chart to have as a visual reference. And I would recommend a really helpful exercise to do is just keep a time journal. And there's a lot of apps out there to be able to do this and chart on a 15 minute or 30 minute basis for a day or a week where you spend your time. And that's a, it's like a lie detector for what we really value, where we spend our time and where we spend our money. When we want to make changes in our lives, Oftentimes, we don't adequately weigh that there's going to be a cost in other areas of our life that we have to consider. Alain Dubuton, known as the practical philosopher, says, any definition of success has to include what you are losing or giving up to achieve this. So there is going to be an element where we are not succeeding. So what we have to do is we actually have to intentionally weigh the areas that we may be willing to not succeed in for a time to place more emphasis on other areas that may have a higher priority. Or there may be areas that an external pressure or stress brings that area to the forefront and we have to manage the effect of that or the decrease of other areas to manage the effect of something bringing to the front of our awareness. So for instance, the emotional stress of all the chaos that we basically had in the first part of this year very much brought the emotional area to the forefront and that affects every other area though we may not notice it or acknowledge it. We really need to weigh some of these things when we start to make these changes. And so when we look at our definition of success, we can look at it on a macro scale, and this is over years or even decades, but we can also define and measure it on a daily scale or even a minute by minute basis. And so a very simple clarifying question to ask is basically, does where I'm spending my time, my money, and my energy accurately reflect the areas of my life that are most important to me right now. So I just want to break this down for myself and to give you an idea of what this kind of looks like in my thought process and how I organize this reset or clarification. So this summer for me, my main focus is on relationships and health. So as most of you know, we recently a month ago, a little over a month ago, we had our new baby girl, which is amazing. It's wonderful. But as you know, um, those of you who are parents, you definitely have to kind of reevaluate things. So in my mind, I still think I can accomplish way more than I really can. And I can beat myself up for not accomplishing what I was before we had our baby girl. Or I can more accurately define what success is right now. And for me, I really want to focus on my relationship with Debbie, with my wife, and my health, kind of reset around my health as well. One of the books that I'm going to be reading in terms of relationships, and it's recommended by multiple people as one of the best books you could possibly read on marriages, it's by a man named John Gottman, and it's called Seven Principles for Making Marriages Work. And he's actually been studying marriages in, it's called a love lab. So they try to reproduce the living situation and actually study how couples interact on a day-to-day basis. And so he can predict with, it's the lower 90s, I think it was 93% accuracy within the first couple minutes of talking with a couple, whether they'll get divorced or stay together. 
And that percentage of accuracy is just unheard of in terms of the psychological field. And so these are the principles that he says, these are the most important things that you want to focus on in your marriages. And so I'm going to read that book. I will let you guys know in a later episode, the principles that you can also focus on your relationships and make those amazing. And then also on the relationship side of things is parenting as well. So we have a three and a half year old son and he's in that three and a half year old stage where, you know, he's starting to get his own opinions. He's starting to say no and really trying to figure out how to navigate that when your three-year-old keeps saying no, how do you discipline well in a way that doesn't damage your your kid? And interestingly enough, there's one of the books I want to read is called Discipline Without Damage. And it's by Dr. Vanessa Lapointe. And I had started reading this before and it was really, really good. And I want to jump back into that as well. And another one that's highly recommended is No Drama Discipline. So basically, how can we discipline without all the drama associated with it? And this is by Daniel Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson. Also, really, really, I've heard it's really, really good. And what these both kind of say from what I've heard about them is we need to ask, when we discipline, we need to ask why we're disciplining rather than just how. Most of the time we ask how, but really discipline it should be focused on how can we teach. It's it's a teaching moment. And then punishment is more for ourselves. Punishment is I feel frustrated, I feel angry, and I'm going to take this out on you because you did something that didn't align with what I thought should happen right now. And discipline is about teaching. And really the intervention in that moment should reinforce connection rather than separation. And most of our disciplines are ones that we grew up with reinforce separation, things like spankings and timeouts and things like that. And I really want to learn personally, how can we do this better? You know, and that's the wonder about the world we live in. We have access to some of the top psychologists, the top experts in their field at our fingertips, and we can learn from them about how to parent better. And so this is an area that I want to focus on um, for this summer as well. And then another main area is the area of health. Typically, I'm quite consistent in this area when I'm in a routine, you know, but seeing as I haven't really had a consistent routine in these past six months, whether that's due to travel or even kind of the weekly daily adjustments that we've had going on in the world, this area has kind of slipped for me. And so I want to recenter around this, make it a main focus for our family. And to give you an idea, this is kind of how we're going to go about this. So I want to create basically like a recipe book, but create five healthy breakfast options. So things like granola, Greek yogurt, protein shake, eggs, avocado toast, and have these things that I really thoroughly enjoy and then have the prepping done to be able to do that on a consistent basis. Start with something like breakfast, become consistent with that again, um, and then focus on you know lunch or focus on dinner, focus on our snacks. So have five healthy breakfast options then five salad options that I really enjoy so that I can add variety in there. Maybe five healthy chicken recipes, five ground beef recipes, five slow cooker recipes, um, maybe five different snacks that I enjoy. So keeping it simple, not having a ton of different things where I'm always having to try a new recipe, but having five things that I really enjoy um, that I can rotate through so that it doesn't get old. Um, and then I can start to rebuild essentially the foundation of my health. And we're going to also get back into the meal prepping. So prepping these things, a lot of the things that you can do in advance, and then that helps it, you be more so much more consistent in the moment when you have that plan in place beforehand. 
And then on the workout side for me, it's kind of experimenting with a time that I can be most consistent with my workouts with a new baby. So I used to work out at 5.30 or 6 in the morning and it works really well. I had to drag myself out of bed because I'm not a morning person, but I was able to do it. But now it's just completely pretty much off the table in terms of when I think about how consistent I'll be able to be with that with a new baby and not sleeping that great. I'm going to actually have to experiment to see when would be a good time. Maybe it's around one o'clock when my three-year-old goes down for a nap. We're going to see when I can be most consistent, but also breaking this down to just five minute things that I can do. And I forget what episode it was, probably seven or eight. I talked about, you know, working out your workouts and managing your munchies. Those are some really effective things if you're looking at the area of health. And these are the exact things that I do. So five minutes um, of jump rope, five minutes of stretch routine, or a five minute kind of basic strength routine. So squats, lunges, pushups, and planks. And I want to set the goal of doing at least five minutes of something a day. You know, once I have that checked off, then I can be like, oh, great. That was a successful day. I did five minutes. Five minutes of jump roping, excellent. I need the five minutes of stretching just to help me feel loose. Five minutes of basic strength. And maybe I can tack these on to each other. Maybe after I do my five minute jump rope, I feel up to doing my stretching and then I feel up to doing some strength. That's an option, but as long as I do five minutes of something, then we'll count that as a success. And then some of the other items that are very important to me over the summer, for those of you not in the United States, it's just really, really crazy right now with the Black Lives Matter movement and just kind of the systemic racism that's happened for years and years on that. And this is an area that I feel like, especially as white people, that we can't be ignorant in. So there are two books that I'm going to start reading over this summer that give an excellent look into what systemic racism has been potentially in the States and some of the blind spots that we as white people have. So the first one is called White Fragility, and it's by Robin D'Angelo. And then the second one is How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi. And these are both really, really important. And, you know, like we talked about in the last episode on meditation, to expand that bubble, so to speak, or expand that definition of us, where really it's like that includes everybody in the world, regardless of our skin tone. And to expand that definition, we have to understand, you know, and this is the first step for me to help me understand better this issue um, in my own life. So definitely check those out. And then another um, emphasis over the summer is definitely getting that website up for the podcast with having a new baby and stuff. Like I said, I've expected to get be able to get more done and it just hasn't happened. So I need to give myself you know, some grace in that area and I want to get that up over the summer. The URL for that will be www.successengineering.org and I have a lot of things, really cool stuff planned for that. So be looking for that and I'll keep you updated on it. Then in the financial area for us, it's, you know, finishing saving our emergency fund. So we have money in there, but we want to wrap that up just because the world we're living in right now is kind of crazy. And having that emergency fund allows you to not be in a pinch um, when situations arise, if you have the opportunity to do that. So that's a focus for us over the summer. And then Chinese is also a focus too. It's kind of been put on the back burner. But I want to break it down. Again, the five is a reoccurring pattern. So, you know, learning five words a day for me is going to be my goal, along with kind of supplemental study that I do on top of that. Over these last, you know, 20 plus episodes, we've covered a lot of useful information in this year. 
um, in the in the podcast. And so there's things that I want to revisit too because they've been so instrumental in changing my life, but I want to solidify them further. And so habits is one of these things. Um, the tiny habits um, episode that we did, which was episode five, um, I really want to go back and revisit that and implement that more because all the things I'm talking about are habits. So it's the best way to implement it. And then the getting things done, which is episode nine. I did a partial implementation of this, but I want to do a full implementation of it because the long-term benefit of just having the foolproof productivity system in place is incredible. That's going to be a focus as well. And then, like I mentioned in the last two episodes, you know, meditation is so important for our brain and I want to develop that consistent meditation practice as well. And so five minutes is what I'm shooting for. Um, and for me, it's probably going to be five minutes in the morning. And like I said, just doing five minutes, I'll be good. But five minutes in the morning, potentially five minutes after lunch and potentially five minutes before bed. But I will pat myself on the back if I just do one of those five minute sections. But I really want to start implementing that on a consistent basis. So as far as the tiny habits go, I'm going to be finding an anchor prompt. So remember, that's something that we do in our day that we just don't even think about. So having lunch, brushing our teeth, going to the bathroom, finding the anchor prompt for meditation, for the exercise, like I said, experimenting with that, for when I want to learn those five words for Chinese, and also reading, you know, just getting a prompt for that is what I'm going to be looking at for this summer. So hopefully this was helpful for you to kind of give you an idea of how I break this down and prioritize where I'm spending my time and energy, and then hold it up against a mirror um, of what I say I value to notice where the discrepancies are and then make the necessary adjustments. So it's important in this process to be compassionate with yourself. And sometimes this is a challenge for me. And then also celebrate those everyday wins and successes, which can also be a challenge for me. So that's why I'm breaking it down to those five minutes as it goes a long way. I'm systematizing the start of these routines um, because right now with, with a new baby and everything that we have going on, I don't really see myself doing more than that at this point. So I'm, I'm building the foundation and then I can grow on it later. So here's to kind of the reset for the summer and just the daily forward movement of becoming 1% better than I was before. I hope to see you back for another episode of Thrive Culture Success Engineering with your host, Michael Bauman. If you enjoyed this show, it would mean a lot to me if you left a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people find the show. Until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you.